Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. It's not the normal way that Bobby and I greet each other, but in light of this morning's message, and Pastor Frank, if he's around, aren't you glad you're not a praise leader? Um... In light of this morning's message, I thought that was a fitting way for Bob and I to do the handoff of the platform. What we decided to do with these quarterly Connection Sundays is to try to give a message, a short message, that helps lay the foundation of the culture we would like our church to develop. And what we realize is a culture can either just happen or it can be shaped based on our intention and our collective decision And that's what we want to do with each of these Connection Sundays, is to give you some idea of the kind of church I think we'd all like to be a part of. And this morning, this is normally not my kind of picture. I just, I really tried to find a good picture of a kiss that wasn't weird or anything. And these two bunnies, it's just so cute. Um, The title of the message is A Kiss of Love. And if you're sleepy, I'm going to ask you to engage with me. Wake up. It's going to be over before you know it. So let's just walk together through this verse, 1 Peter 4.15. Okay? And here's what it says. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. You know, um, in 2006, Jeannie and I vacationed on the big island of Hawaii for our 11th anniversary uh, it was one year delayed, our 10th anniversary. We were busy raising a newborn Zoe, not really part of our life plan, but a wonderful surprise gift. And so on our 11th anniversary, we went to the Big Island. And on the Sunday we were there, we happened to worship at a little church that was an incredible place because it was an open picnic shelter type of building situated on a bluff overlooking the ocean. I don't know how any preacher can hold his congregation's attention when that's the scenery you're competing with. But I remember a very, very distinct feeling of going to that church because we were overwhelmed by the physical beauty of the facility. But as we entered, we noticed something. Um, The beauty of the setting and even of the worship service was dampened a little bit by the coldness of the welcome or lack of welcome we received. Now listen, it wasn't that the people were hostile towards us We didn't sense any prejudice or anything towards us. It wasn't like they were going, oh, tourists, mainlanders. None of that. It was just as if we were invisible. And I think that's what hurt the most was not that anyone was mean, but that everyone just sort of acted like we weren't there. And I think by comparison, what made the feeling even worse was that they were so warm to one another. And it was just a bizarre thing. Uh, If I could explain to you like this. We're sitting in two chairs in the kind of like the middle of the back area of the sanctuary. And then there are people all around us, like a little buffer zone of about two or three chairs. And people were literally craning their necks over us to talk to the person that was on the other side of us. We were like a fence that they had to overcome to talk to their friends. And what we could see was, man, this is a really friendly church if you're one of their friends. (laughs) They are really warm once you get inside But we were made to really feel our outsider status right away. And I remember talking about that service afterwards with Jeannie, and we made a a, a decision together. 
God, please, whatever it takes, help us to lead a church that is more welcoming than that. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth the people on that, that, in that church at all. Uh, they were probably wonderful people. This was probably just a blind spot for them because I'm guessing, because of the way they were tucked away, that very few visitors ever even come. I don't, I don't know if they knew what to do with us. Right? But I thought, what will we do at harvest when someone comes in? And I also wondered how much of our intimacy is driven by just familiarity versus an intention to really know one another, to engage with one another. Um, this is the way we kind of felt <laughs> that whole service. is like, uh, hey, man, w- what about us? This is a great picture, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to show that. Anyway, so you, you guys to fade that out. Um, so yesterday, uh, this past Friday, we had the suburban side of our core young adult large group. And um, Mark and William and I went out to Bona to grab a bite to eat. And usually core begins with everybody grabbing their own dinner and they're bringing it to the ministry center and eating together. And so we went to do that, but we were really cutting in close time-wise, and the lines were longer, and so I realized, hey, Mark, you, got, you and Will get the food. I'm going to run back on foot to the ministry center to make sure the doors are unlocked in time. So I'm, I didn't run because, you know, my advanced years and everything. So I walked back, and as I'm walking, I don't know if you guys know what Bona is from our ministry center, but there's a long stretch of driveway just to the, the, uh, the west side of Poplar Bowl Creek, uh, Poplar Creek Bowl, Bowling, and... Uh, as I'm walking, it w- it was, I was thinking this thought, wow, it's a really rare thing for an, a grown adult to be walking in the suburbs. Like, this is a weird thing. In fact, nobody had cleared a path for anyone to walk. It was like cars were honking as they were coming around me. And then the weirdest thing happened. As I'm nearing about the halfway mark, a guy comes off a hassle road and turns the corner, and he's walking. I'm like, what are the chances of two guys at this hour in this cold walking? And, and here's what happened. He's checking me out because he's alarmed too. He's like, what, another dude? And I could tell we're both walking and he crossed to the other side of the driveway. And the first thought was, is this guy dangerous? I was like, do I need to get my ninja stuff getting ready? Like, am I, is it going to go down? And I was getting ready for something. And then I realized he looked like a harmless guy, like an accountant from the office park where we have our office. Just walking. Sorry if you're an accountant. I'm sure all our accountants are mean, dangerous dudes. This, this dude just looked harmless. And so as we're walking, I could tell the two of us have been doing the exact same thing. We've been scoping each other out, going, who is this guy? And as we got around 10 feet, it got real awkward because I realized we've been staring at each other. We're the only two dudes out here. Somebody's got to say something. You can't just, just like this. Like, you know, because we're not animals at the zoo. So I just, what am I going to do? I just went, hi. And he said, hi. And that was it. We just had this weird encounter on the driveway by, by Poplar Creek Bowl. But it made me think that at the very heart of it, that's really all a greeting is. A greeting is not, hey, do you want to be my best friend forever? You know, a greeting is not, hey, let's cut ourselves and become blood brothers. A greeting is simply this. I see you over there. You're not invisible. We're not alone out here. And if I'm this close to you, I'm, I'm walking past you, I'm not going to act like your wallpaper. I'm going to acknowledge your presence and your humanity. Even if it's brief, even if it's not deep, I'm just going to look at you and go, hey, hi, 
I see you. Now, we hope that from the greeting, something more ensues. But for a lot of us, it's hard even to get to that point, isn't it? And we, we're so used to being at the store and not even making eye contact once. If, if the, uh, the cashier at the Walmart were a UFO an, uh, or a, a, an alien, you might not even notice the first five times you visit the store. Because quite often, we don't even look at people. Everybody's kind of background scenery except the familiar faces that we already know. When we commit ourselves to greeting each other, something interesting happens. And it's, it's interesting that, that in the New Testament, four times we are explicitly instructed, even, I dare say, commanded to greet one another. It, it happens three times in the writing of Paul, once here in the writing of Peter, Romans 16, 16, 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, and here in 1 Peter 5, 14, it says simply, greet one another. And the, the word greet is given in the imperative, which is a command tense in Greek. Why would we need to be instructed to greet each other? Well, I think what he's saying, what Paul and Peter are saying is, you cannot leave this to a, simply a matter of personal preference or personality type. It seems at the, at the surface like greeting each other is entirely a voluntary personal choice. Like, it's optional. You can't tell me I have to greet someone. If I'm a solitary person, if I'm private, it's not your business. Get off of me. And I understand that heart, um, especially because I started my life as an off-the-charts introvert. And my best friend in junior high brought me out of that cave. And like now I'm off the charts the other way. But I remember what it felt like to, to just not want to ever engage people. And most of the time, I think there is space in our lives to create a world where we don't have to. But what Paul and Peter are saying is that this is not something that can be left to chance. Because greeting one another is essential to the formation of Christian community. I think what they're saying is you can't actually experience the church the way it's supposed to be if everybody decides I'll just greet at the level of my own personality or decision. Any more than we would want to go to a church where everyone just made up mind if they feel like being loving or not. Do you get the idea? Like the things that are commanded are essential to the life and the health of the church. And when people begin to acknowledge one another, even at the very basic level saying, I see you, you're not invisible. Hi, what's your name? I'm Dave. It's something very simple. But when we start doing that, something starts to happen is we start to adjust the temperature. And I think it's okay to talk about the temperature of a church. Most of the time, we talk about... I'm almost sure I'm going to knock this over eventually. <clears throat> Most of the time, we talk about spiritual temperature. Like, oh, this church is hot! You know, people are, like, speaking in tongues in the service, and the Spirit is moving, people are getting healed, and there's a sense of, it's hot! And that's good. I, I want our church to be hot spiritually. But I think it's also apt to say there is a temperature socially in the church, really in any organization. I mean, if you've ever been on job interviews, you can feel it right away from company to company that you go to, from hospital to hospital, school to school. Every organization has a different flavor or temperature, doesn't it? I mean, I've felt it. I've gone to churches. I've gone to hospitals. And there are some places you just go, oh, this, is, this place is warm. I, let me give you a, a sense of this. There's a Jiffy Lube I use on Army Trail and County Farm Roads. It's one of the friendliest, happiest places in my life. 
Now, that sounds weird, but when I walk into that Jiffy Lube, man, I feel like high-fiving everybody. These guys are so nice, so welcoming. And I can tell somebody who runs that place has made it very, very much a priority to create that atmosphere. That doesn't just happen because oil change technicians are all just suddenly nice. It happens because they are paying attention to this aspect of their business. And I will drive out of my way to go to that Jiffy Lube every time. I will even pay more than my other mechanic because I like hanging out with these guys. <clears throat> and you walk into some place where your oil is getting changed and you feel it right away. Oh, this is about 74 degrees. It's nice and toasty in here. I could stay a while. Do you get the idea is that there's a certain temperature to every place? So if being, being warm towards each other, if greeting each other raises the temperature, why wouldn't we do it? I think there's a lot of reasons why we're hesitant to acknowledge one another, especially if it's someone I don't know at all. One is, look, I, I've got enough friends. I'm not looking for any new ones, okay? I, I can barely keep track of the friends I've got. Thanks, but uh, my dance card is full. Does that sound familiar? I mean, I think that's in some of our hearts some of the time. Another is, look, I'll probably never talk to you again. This will probably be the one shot we'll pass each other in the hallway. If I say hi to you, what's that going to accomplish? Are we going to go bowling next week? Or, you know, so, so the idea is because there isn't a, a huge return on that investment, because it's not going to lead to anything more, I'm just not going to pretend. Because there are a lot of people who are wired in such a way, and I appreciate this about them, that unless it's deep, it's worthless. And in most cases, that's true. But when we're talking about a basic human courtesy that knits communities together, I, I think it's important for us to think about that attitude. Here's another one. We don't even say hi to the people we already know because it's like, I see you all the time. You know, right? Do I really have to say hi to you? Here's another one. I'm pretty shy. And I don't really enjoy meeting new people. All of these are true, valid statements but do you notice something common about all of them? They all begin and end with how I feel about this encounter. I really believe that the heart of Christian greeting doesn't rise out of how I feel, but my commitment to the other people in this community with me. It's, in the end, an acknowledgement that Christianity was never meant to be a solitary experience. And so it's my way of saying, God, I know you're my father, but I also know that you've given me brothers and sisters and that the way I relate to them is not a matter of option or personal choice. There is some plan you have for your family, and I'm going to be part of that. Now, let me give you the second half of that verse. <clears throat> We've already looked at greet one another. Here's the second part, with a kiss of love. I'm not a dog person, but I like dogs okay. My sister-in-law is a dog person. Anybody who knows dogs knows this. When dogs meet each other for the first time, there's a little growling a little bit. Eventually, this is going to happen, right? I mean, that's a butt-sniffing train. It's a buffet of butt. And no matter what, dogs will eventually do this. I've never seen two dogs that don't know each other just go, whatever, you just be on your side of the room. Dogs can't ignore each other. If there's another dog in a room... The other dog's going, you're a dog, I'm a dog. We've got to smell each other's butts and then like get to know each other. I might hate you, but I can't ignore you. That's the heart of a dog. A dog can't just sit in a room with another and I'll go, whatever. He's trying to pull off that long hairdo, whatever. You know, 
like dogs. And I'm not suggesting anything close to this intimate for us. Please do not come up, come up to me after the service attempting to do anything in that region. But I think what Peter and Paul are trying to say to us is, in the way we greet each other, there is supposed to be something of a personal dimension. And I think, even though it's not always comfortable to say this, I think it's good for there to be some dimension of physical touch involved with it. Now, I I will grant you, not everybody's comfortable with that, and we would never push that here. But I think the reason the kissing is given is because there is such a, a direct connection. Like, it's different from going, hey, everybody, and you kind of look at the room but not at anyone. That's a form of greeting, and sometimes that's appropriate. But when he says greet one another, it's a very, it's a, there's a specificity to that. And it says with a holy kiss, meaning even in cultures where kissing is not commonplace. right? Bob and I, the way we greet each other today, did you like it? All right. I liked it too. The way we greeted each other is very commonplace in many parts of the world, especially among men to men and women to women. But even in cultures where that is the normal greeting, it's not like introversion or shyness or xenophobia are like modern inventions. Even back in the days of Peter and Paul, there were people in a kissing culture who opted to just go, hey, I'd rather just shake your hand or say hi from a distance. I'd rather just wave at you. It's always been an option not to get up close and personal. So when Peter says to them, do greet each other with a holy kiss, I think what he's saying is let your greeting at least feel at some level like it was, hey, you actually do see me. I've noticed some people that I talk to that, like, if I turn to face them, they turn this way. And if I turn to face and pretty soon we're, like, doing this while we talk because we can't look right at each other. There's, like, this discomfort with just, hey, I'm talking to you right now. Can we just stop dancing and look at each other for a minute? Or we, there are people who say hi to you. They're like, hey, I'm like, who are you saying hi to? Like, I'm right here. Can we, even for a second, could we make eye contact? I want you to do something. At your tables right now, just make two seconds of direct eye contact with somebody. Would you do that? And somebody you're not married to, LaFay, come on. <laughs> come on, man. All right. Okay, you can, you can stop. I, I know your skin's crawling. How did that feel to some of you? It's not comfortable all the time, is it? Even without touching, I think that is a form of personal touch that is missing in our culture today. We often stare more at each other through computer screens than in person. And so I think it's important to reclaim something of the personal dimension of greeting one another. And you'll talk a little bit about that at your tables, but I really hope that the, even if you're not the touching type, that when we're together, there won't be this dynamic of just walking past each other in the hallways or at the line. If you find yourself behind someone in line for a parfait after service, you're not at Walgreens. I mean, don't just stand in line just sitting there, like waiting my turn, just old country buffet. There's a person who's your brother or your sister, a possible friend, at least an acquaintance. Would you at least engage in some kind of chit-chat with that person? And I know, I do understand, because I am married to such a person and I have a brother who's such a person. Chit-chat is not great for everybody. It's like, what's the point? 
The point is that we're acknowledging each other's presence, and that's all we're asking. But I think that's a great start, and that's an important piece of how a church begins to dial up the temperature. Okay? All right. I'll end with, with this. I've longed for Harvest to be a welcoming place, but I realize that that's never going to happen based on the efforts of a few leaders or even of a hospitality team. I, I think that if just a team or some leaders do it, then what will happen is some people say, wow, that was really a welcoming church, and others will say, yeah, not so much. But I think when we all commit to a certain way of engaging one another, the temperature of the whole place will go up in general. And I think that's really what we're after. And after dwelling on this for a week, I think what I've come to realize is greeting each other is not primarily a function of personality, even though we make it out to be so. I think at the heart of it, greeting one another is a measure of the generosity of our spirits. And so as I call one on another, as I call each of us to greet each other with intentionality, I am not appealing to your personality because I know for some of you, your personality will make this really challenging to hear. And I appreciate that. But I am appealing to your sense of generosity of spirit, of the way that you care for the body of Christ. And as you're wondering, should I or should I not, don't look into yourself and say, do I want to? Look at the church and say, is it worth it for me to be a little uncomfortable so that the temperature of this place will generally go up? I think what you'll find in the end is that it will also be a church that makes you more comfortable, makes you feel more welcome. So with that in mind, I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to have us at our tables just have a conversation about some of this. Here's a guideline I'm going to give you before I pray and dismiss you. These questions are not supposed to be Bible study questions where after the lecture, this is the group discussion. I don't want it to take that flavor of sharing just opinions. What I'm hoping is that these questions will catalyze sharing ourselves with one another. And do you know that it's always more engaging to listen to someone tell, them, tell you about themselves than about their just spewing on about their opinions about a thing? Do you know what I'm saying? It's always fun to listen to someone share themselves. I'm not always so keen on hearing your view on everything, but I'm interested in knowing you. And so the questions are intended to spark that. And if one question sparks a good conversation and you feel like there are follow-up questions, someone says something you know, like, what if one of the questions, if you look at it, is um, share an experience where you felt especially welcome. And somebody goes, well, when I was on the International Space Station, I felt really welcomed by the Russian cosmonauts. And you're like, oh, hold up, time out. No more questions. You were on the International Space And if that's what happens, it's cool for that to take 20 minutes because I feel like the goal is, hey, let's actually get to know each other, huh? At these tables, Let's really get to know each other. So please use the questions as a catapult to sharing yourselves, not just your opinions. So if you could fade those for now, let's just pray, and then we'll flash them back up in a minute. Let's pray together. God, at these tables, we pray that you would lower our guards and open our hearts to each other. Lord, we don't do this every week, and so we pray that this, this quarterly thing we do will bear fruit. And we, we know, God, that for some in our church family, this is a real trying exercise that we do. We pray for them that the peace that you promised in Scripture again and again would be theirs. And that the anxiety and discomfort would be covered over by a, a deep sense of peace that comes from you. 
And we pray, Lord, that you would actually spark our interest in one another at these tables. And that unexpected stories and delights would come out of getting to hear from one another. And we would find that your people are far more interesting than we could have imagined. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.